Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All A Bravo by Betches Podcast We don't say that but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on track me bro And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep we Hey everyone welcome back to the Mention It All Podcast I'm Dylan Hafer And I'm Barry Rosenfeld You know what I just like felt coming in my Inside my Inside my bones I just have Hello <laughs> Sometimes Dylan and I randomly get word vomit and just have to like get out whatever's on the tip of our tongues. And that was for you right now. I love that. Hola. That was great. It's podcast Thursday. It's Beverly Hills recap podcast, Thursday. Podcast Friday. It's real podcast Thursday. Fri- podcast Friday. No idea what day it is. Medicine um, Monday. Medi- yeah, whatever. It's um, but I re- I had this revelation like this morning Hit or me. last night. Now I don't even remember. Me. I don't remember anything. Um. Thursdays are great because at, for right now only it's like strictly dedicated to Beverly Hills. So we can yeah, pour our it, blood, sweat and tears into it. Yeah. There, you know, Bravo is, uh, you know, they always are, are playing around with us. So it'll be like, you know, like right now having Potomac and Salt Lake on Sunday nights, it's like, I'm thankful for all of the content, <laughs> but like, it's a little stressful. It's a little hectic. Right. I feel like my Sunday nights are now like, you know, it's like I I'm starting my work week on at Sunday at 8 PM, which, you know, it is what it is, but like, I do love having like full focus Beverly Hills Wednesday nights. I, you know, I, if I have any errands to run or any, you know, if I want to make dinner, I make sure to get it done by 8 PM. So I can be, you know, sit my little ass in front of the TV or in front of the computer screen and just let the it wash over me. The devil works hard, but Bravo works harder. They do. And, you know, they filmed the reunion last week for Beverly Hills. Um, so it sounds like that should be exciting. Um, at, at like 9, 10 last night, my sister-in-law texted me and she was like, is Beverly Hills over? And I go, yeah. And she goes, oh, that was abrupt. And I thought she meant like my answer. And I was like, what was she's like the season? Like, I just wasn't ready oh. for it. Done. I go, no, like the episode is over tonight. They it, we're like, hey, what are you talking if about? That the was season the season finale. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was no, like, they funny. just filmed the reunion. We got to we have a little ways to go. It was funny because um, Faces by Bravo on Instagram posted something about how Kathy wasn't there for the full reunion because she's a friend of Right. And that they wish, you know, he's saying he wished she was there for the whole time. And Kathy commented, she was like, she's like, trust me, I was there long enough, morning till 9 p.m. It's like, okay, we're going to get some good Kathy. <laughs> well, the whole day, well, yeah, that's a long time for her, but the whole day Andy was on and he was like, still here, still here. I feel like he does that for every reunion, though. Like, I feel like, ev- I feel like every reunion, he's like, it took us 12 hours. And I'm like, that seems like the norm at this point. <laughs> But, you know, this is a three parter, though, which I kind of expected I mean, for Beverly Hills. Don't they always have a three parter like Beverly Hills? Yeah. But I'm um, like recently we've been like compl- in the complain 
comp- the complain area. Right, right, right. I feel like hopefully that means they really like earned Correct. three parts rather than just like, okay, part two, we're going to talk about um, uh, Crystal's handbags. All I want to see is her new basement. Okay. I, that. Oh. Okay. First of all, she's cut the when price. She says they, she wants to keep the basement renovation to six figures. I'm like, she wants to keep it that way because it was seven. But the thing is, she cut it from one million to five. How did you cu- what was five hundred thousand that you cut? Maybe there was like a really special like <laughs> pinball machine. Her reasoning like for really- the golf simulator being so hot. Rob, so tall, his swing hits the ceiling. Can you imagine like right? Ugh. Like most people in their basement don't have like 10 foot ceilings. So I can imagine that being an issue. It's just most people then would be like, okay, I guess we can't have the golf simulator in the basement. <laughs> Damn it. Like <laughs> yeah, Mauricio doesn't get one, you know? I, okay. We will get to it, but I feel <laughs> like we also have been waiting for this moment. And we just talk about this recently that we haven't had enough like PK Mauricio or husband like scenes. And tonight was last night was the all we needed. That was, I feel like last last week, the scene with PK kind of talking to Dorit about Erica was kind of like, it was like the appetizer. And then (laughs) this week, this double date they had was like, you know, the, the main course because it was just seeing them in their element with clearly no filter on, you know, they were just enjoying themselves. I loved it. Um, So let's just back up and talk about this story. Um, So actually I had a really stressful morning because on my way here, you know, I was driving and then there was a tidal wave and then my car actually Oh, and I really thought you were telling me like you had a stressful morning. I realized you were going into this. Bar- okay. Barry, my car flipped 12 times. <laughs> my eyes were bulging, bulging out of the sockets. <clears throat> they right. had to take me to the hospital. <laughs> they had to take me to the, ho- Erica's son had to come get me, but it was snowing in Pasadena, mind yeah, you. Yeah, in Pasadena. And so it took him, he had to, he ended up having to get a helicopter, parachuted down to the hospital he brought me back to my apartment and I actually just made it back in time for our 11 a.m. recording. So that thank- is thankfully, but my eyes, my eyes are still a little sore because they were bulging out of the sockets. And you have glaucoma. I don't know what that means, but sure. You don't know what glaucoma is? Wait, um, like, not really. Okay. I, I know it's <clears throat> like commercials. But- <laughs> okay. First of all, this, the fact that Kyle truly said that the story is so unbelievable. And that's the only word that, and then Dorit said, how in the world can someone even make that up? And then part of me was like, well, I mean, there were a lot of layers, but just maybe for this week, if people decide not to come for me for being team Erica, this story was berserk. It was so beyond that you have to give (laughs) some credit. It was wild. What? Okay. So people were trying to sort of like find whatever evidence they could. And this burglary was reported back in 
February, I think. Right, because remember the tabloids had Tom with a black eye. Was that from that? No, the black eye was very was a lot more recent. This was like early this year. I the, can't keep up. The burglary was reported, but the thing is, okay, so so the burglary wasn't the part of the story that was hard to believe. It's like everybody knows, you know, I could find this house on Google Maps in two right. minutes. Like everybody knows where they live. Especially if they know that Erica's not there, you presume that it's just this 80-year-old dude hanging out in the house. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's that crazy that somebody would try to rob the house. But the rest of the story is like, that's the part where it's like, so something happened between Tom and the burglars, and then he was injured, but Erica couldn't go to the house because she's not supposed to be having contact with him. So she sends her son and he's driving, but it's snowing, but this is Los Angeles. Um, well, no, then, no, no, Dylan. He lives a little further up. Right. But like further up where? Kid, I know she said that. I Googled last night because I had to. I, I was like, wait a second. Like, I have to. I Googled when was the last time it snowed in Pasadena and it, it snowed like the biggest snowfall was like in 1984. And it's on it. Rec- it holds a record of snowing zero inches per year, which even in its if it snowed a few inches, your car, it does like we live right, in New right, York. Right. I know like a what blizzard. a snowstorm. Yeah, like your car doesn't do I that. Just, if Erica was calling her son to be the one to like take him to the hospital, you have to think he lives within like an hour, right? Also, everyone's main question was who called Erica, but couldn't. Like, right. So if Tom, I mean, this was also the question. You know, it's always like Tom was unconscious, but then he called me, and it's like who. Who? When? The the, the it's so it's just Oops. so like it's like a not children's but it's like a children's book like uh no, it, like yeah it's like you know what was Raul the- Dahl remember that author oh, Raul yes. Dahl yes is that his I never know how to say his name rolled Raul Dahl Rold he was Dahl. like my favorite author yeah um, the BFG uh, no Oof. actually I'm sorry Tommy DePaulo was my favorite author but. Raul Dahl comes in a close second. Did he write like the Stregonona books? Yes, he did. Okay, yeah, you're definitely like a Stregonona girl. <laughs> I, love I was that. too. I loved those books. Stregonona and the Magic Pasta Pot. So um, fucking good. So, okay. So Kyle, I actually thought it was really refreshing that Kyle, I felt like she was being more honest in this episode with her reactions to stuff than she has been for a lot of the season. Because I think she has been trying to be a good friend to Erica as much as possible. And to hear her say, I'm not saying I don't believe Erica, Mm -hmm. but this story is unbelievable. I thought that was like Mm -hmm. a really, it felt like an honest reaction to a story that I think we both agree feels kind of crazy. And then I, at the dinner with, um, you know, Dorit and PK, she was she's like trying to deliver this information in a way that is like faithful to what Erica said, but even she can't like hold it in. Right. This is like the tipping point for her where she's like, I can't pretend that I don't have like questions or doubts or like confusion about this. And I think that is the thing. I don't need her, like, I don't need anyone in the cast to be a hundred percent like, I hate Erica. Erica's evil. Erica's you know, going to hell, all of this stuff. Like, I don't need that from these women. I understand that they're conflicted, but I'm, I want to see them be real about 
how they're grappling with this. And I think Kyle and Dorit are getting more to a place where it's like, okay, this is how you actually feel. You don't just a hundred percent trust everything Erica is telling you. Right. And PK, first of all, we know has like never believed, like he's like, everything's bullshit. Like it doesn't, but he did say, I never trusted her. He did say that Erica happened to have been in a controlled marriage and Tom lied to her and she just went with it, which I kind of like, that's what I've been saying the whole time. Like I think, and my friend even DM me last night and she was like, team was team Erica, but she's just digging her, her own hole deeper. Like what are these, like either don't say anything at all or like what, I'm. I'm just. I stumble over my words every time I talk about this story. It's just beyond. Well, Kyle like there's also, so many twists and turns. Literally. Kyle also points out that this is not the first time that they have seen yes. Erica at an event, and yes. she's acted like everything is, you know, relatively normal. You know, as much as it is for her at all. And then, like two days later, she's like oh yeah, this crazy thing happened. And that was before I saw you the last time. But then I didn't say anything because I didn't want it to make a big deal. But now I'm telling you and it's all going to be on camera. And it's like, if you are, if you're going to show this stuff on camera at all, the like weird back and forth timeline of like pretending everything is normal and then retroactively telling a story that happened before, it's like, it just makes it hard to it makes it hard to really like feel like we understand what Erica's going through. And I get if she doesn't want to tell us everything, but the, the timing keeps being weird and it's like either tell us or don't, but it it doesn't make me trust her more that it always feels like she's like coming up with these stories or deciding to share these stories. Like, after the fact. Right. I loved when Kyle said that because it was t- true, first of all. But I agree. Like, if you lie one time, like, okay. But if you continue to do this and make it so crazy, like, people are going to believe you going forward less and less because how can they trust what you're saying? But at the same time, this dinner, watching them, and okay, you. Imagine Erica watching your friends. Now we know, remember, we found out recently why Erica's not talking to the whole cast. I think now we know why, but those were her friends. So she probably feels really like yeah. upset watching that dinner last night. Oh, totally. But, but I don't begrudge no. her that. Like I might, I might agree more with Dorit and Kyle than with Erica, but I also can empathize with the fact that it would fucking suck to watch a TV show. Exactly. Because those are that your she friends doesn't are trust. Like, cackling about your yeah and she doesn't trust people in general so now her friends she doesn't trust like okay but we have to allegedly say that mauricio was as high as a kite last (laughs) night and it was so funny because he literally thought this story was like the funniest thing in the entire world so us watching him watch this story because Think about two like men who have nothing to do with this. They're just like laughing, listen to their wives, like talk about their friend. But this is such an entertaining story for dinner that once they got to the point of him to- and Kyle is just like, oh, my God, what did I do? Like, I'm just right. trying Kyle to tell this story. Kyle and Dorit are like, this is genuinely so funny, but also like, uh. oh, my God. And so they I was laughing when they were laughing about PK. I was like, no, no, don't don't do surgery on his brain. Do his ankle. Do his ankle. Can I go? He's a 79 year old lawyer. Do his ankle. He's not a football player. (laughs) Erica chose 
for the doctor not to do. First of all, brain surgery is not something you just randomly right, choose you're not like, to do eh, or not we'll do. It's like brain surgery is like something serious. And if you need it, you need it. Not like, eh, we'll wait on this. But then to not do the brain surgery and just go ahead with the ankle. Sur- huh? That was the weirdest part to me. I also. But that's where you think, you know, information's missing. Like what? Like this was a game of telephone. I have to give, um, you know, like an honorary acting award to Dorit hearing this story from Kyle for the first time because her facial expressions combined with multiple times the what? Huh? Uh, what? <laughs> like the way she the way she listens and takes in information is like she's very so much is going on. Right, like she talks a lot, but she is also an extremely active listener and it is very entertaining to watch. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to know more of like what happened after this dinner and like the, Erica watching this episode that couldn't have been the first time like she heard about like I feel like they had to have no, brought this up to her again. I feel like she we haven't really seen it on the show yet but I feel like in real time it seems like she's had an idea that Kyle and Dorit are not on her side as much as Rinna is. Like, it's been clear for a while that Rinna is, like, the most ride or die for her. And, you know, on Watch What Happens Live last night, she was basically still, you know, carrying that torch. And so it really seems like that's what Rinna has kind of yeah. chosen in this life. 
Um, also, going back to when you said Kyle has been like, she's doing a good job at like understanding and listening to Erica. I think I noted that last night, like when she, Erica was telling her this story. And it also reminded me of the scene a few weeks ago where Kyle and Sutton were in her backyard where Kyle just kind of like listens to what people have to say. And like they, she gently reacts. So like last night when Erica was telling her the story, Kyle was like, we like it's snow. It was snowing. Like she was right. trying she's to like, like understand where she Erica wants was to understand, but she's good at doing it in a way where she, it's not like she's grilling her. Like some of these women would kind of be like, so I don't un-, like, I feel like if Sutton was there, she'd be like, no, 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 go back. You said it was snowing. It doesn't snow in Pasadena. Like, I- yes, <laughs> yes. But no, 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 Kyle go was back. like, I'm trying to help you here, but like, oh my right, God. Right, right. Um, this is a very, Kyle heavy episode. I think yes. she is doing some really great work right now. Um, she, we've seen her have scenes with Sutton in the last few weeks where they're kind of one-on-one, um, you know, this whole scene with Dory. And then she also has um, a scene with Crystal, which is, you know, where they're talking about the the basement, but that's not the only <laughs> important thing they talk about. They are digging a little more into the dynamic with Garcelle And I think it's, I was a little surprised at the way this conversation unfolded because it seems like for the most part, Crystal and Garcelle have been pretty close this season. We saw them in La Quinta kind of spending a lot of time together. And, you know, Kyle, Kyle has some complicated feelings about Garcelle bringing up the charity check again. And I feel like Crystal is a little bit, I wish she would have like, stood up for Garcelle a little more in this conversation, but instead I feel like she's kind of playing into Kyle's hand. And she's talking about how she feels like Garcelle doesn't have a lot of friends or a lot of people that she considers friends. So that when she says, you know, I thought we had this friendship and then you did blah, blah, blah. It's like more of a big deal to her. I just thought it was a little bit odd to hear her like, kind of diagnose Garcelle's like character in this way. Like I thought she would just be a little more neutral. Yeah. Because in other in past scenes where there's like, I guess people talking shit, Crystal kind of does stick up for the person they're talking about, or she kind of doesn't say anything, but at the same time, I don't think she was being a bad friend to Garcelle in this conversation, but I agree. She could have done a little bit more to. Yeah. It's not so much that I think she was like throwing Garcelle under the bus or anything. It just was like, I feel like the way we've seen her sort of speak on Erica's behalf has felt more, more like caring and positive toward Erica, where she's kind of like, Erica feels this way about Sutton, you know, like she doesn't need a bandaid. She doesn't want blah, blah, blah. Whereas like this felt a little bit more like, I don't think Garcelle would have loved what Crystal was saying about her, which is fine. I mean, that's what this show is, but like, I was just surprised to hear her kind of speaking that way about Garcelle, like Garcelle's relationships and things just because I don't know. I don't, I don't think she necessarily was wrong about Garcelle, you know, being careful with who she considers friends and stuff. But like, I also don't think Garcelle like doesn't have any friends. Cause honestly, we, exactly. see her, we see her bring more outside friends on the show than most people do. Like, I feel like she's always hanging out with someone else. We see her with the matchmaker um, this episode, which was nice. I like getting a little check-in on, you know, 
her personal also, journey. Also, like, I want to be friends with Garcelle. I've said that many times before. Oh, totally. Like, <laughs> if there was anyone in this cast that I want to just, like, hang out with, it would be Garcelle, because I feel like she, like, isn't, like, full of, like, bullshit. I was literally just going to say she's not fake. Not calling, like, most of the other women fake, but, like, she's, yeah, she's cool. Would I love to meet and interact with Dorit? What, do I think that would be a, a fun time? Sure. Yes. I would love to have, you know, l- lunch with her at Buca de Peppo or something. But like Garcelle, I feel like in like real life, I'm like, oh, she would be cool to hang out with. Um, okay. Dorit. Dorit. Party planning has been like just remarkable and she always she's like you know she like was very jump quick to jump to be like if it wasn't COVID like it, it would be a much bigger party so we much would be, bigger we would be at warehouse or something warehouse. there would be 50 foot ladders and the, the models would be <laughs> on the ladders in the gowns I'm like Dorit that sounds like somebody's gonna fall to their death <laughs> no it sounds like the actual photo shoot in Sex in the City in the wedding gowns like that's so um, what it was. <laughs> Dorit, I, okay, I need to go back and make like a video compilation. Dorit's favorite party trope is there being a reveal behind some sort of curtain or Screen, fabric yeah. wall. I know she did that with her Beverly Beach storefront. I know she did that. There was one party where Boy George was like behind a curtain. Yep. And this one, she told everyone there was a flood, right? Or she, I was doing, one, she's very clever because of the rain. She has, <laughs> she has all the models standing in the dresses behind these windows and she like reveals the curtain, but then the models just come in the room. I thought they were going to like stay in their little enclosure. I, I know. Right? I honestly thought she did a really good job. Like it was yes. very sweet of her. And you could tell she actually was really ex- of all of her projects. I feel like she's actually really excited about this. And her little like reading cards, like saying what all the names are and explaining it like she was she was wearing one of her dresses like it was very sweet. But what I was honestly more excited about was to see who each person brought to the to the party. Like we have not seen Sutton's boyfriend, Michael, like I know the whole I, season. I, I was trying to figure out sometime in the last couple of weeks if they were still together. And I was having trouble because she doesn't post a lot of pictures with him or anything. So I'm like. I don't know. I, I'm hoping we get a reunion update because I'm like, oh, uh, true. I don't know. But more importantly, like we, Kathy brought her architect and like <laughs> architect. Also, I love that she just assumes that Dorit knows her architect, and she's like, no, but nice to meet you. It's On like- the way in, she goes, "See, I told you, you love the architecture. She is so fucking funny." I she just can't. has she has her architect like on speed dial that she's like, want to come to a party. <laughs> her arc what yeah like i don't i don't that's so like i've never heard of someone who just like has an architect in their life that they are like lately right like most people bring like with? their hairstylist right, maybe like, or... somebody like i feel like anybody on the personal team like assistant hairstylist you know makeup artist like all of those types of things make sense even maybe like a a personal trainer or like a, sh- uh, you know, like <laughs> architect was a new one for me, but um, he seemed nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, wish- I would go okay, to a party. Like, this is the kind of thing I wish we saw like 
Kim Richards or Camille or like Brandy at. Like, I feel like this is the kind of event where it would be fun to have some little like surprise appearances. I guess maybe in COVID times, they're trying to like limit the number of people that are there. But I'm like, this would have been a fun event to have. Like, I guess Camille probably wouldn't have gone to Brandy's to Dorit's party. But oh, that, speaking of Brandy, Camille! that would have been nice to have. Um to have brandy there too imagine like just they had a party and ran- they didn't tell any of the housewives who was coming and they just sent sent in random like Eileen davidson could go adrian maloof this episode is brought to you by paramount plus get in loser mean girls is now streaming on paramount plus join katie heron as she meets the plastics and tina fey's new twist on the modern classic Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Erica is fully aware that she's like never talking to Sutton again, but I do have to give her credit when Sutton came in, like she was actually, she was cordial. She goes, come on in. She was like, you look beautiful. Come on in. And like, we, I, I was actually very surprised because Erica's the type of person to like not even acknowledge the person's presence, but she was like friendly to Sutton. I almost feel like now, so she says uh, the door is closed, which gave me very Real Housewives of Atlanta vibes. Um, <laughs> I almost feel like now that she, now that they have basically decided they are not going to make an effort with each other, that maybe makes it easier to be kind of vaguely polite and to like be cordial because there's not like a there's not this question of like okay so like when are we gonna talk like we have stuff to work through like if I feel like there's somebody that I am never gonna have a relationship with again and I see them it doesn't like raise my heart rate to be like hey it's like you're a stranger and you're just you know right it's like the difference between like if I'm if I like have a crush on someone and I'm like texting them about something you know I'm like overthinking it I'm like what am I gonna say how should I respond do I use an emoji all of this stuff but like if I if I'm like no longer into that person and I need to text them for whatever reason it's just like send the text ask the question like right I don't see them texting anytime no but but like I mean, I don't yes. go to that many like wedding dress reveal parties. So like what? That's, I went to one last weekend. Um, but yeah, Dorit and Garcelle, you know, have some words again at this party. I feel like Dorit is, I feel like she is kind of reaching a little bit with Garcelle. I, I feel like she's trying to, yeah. I feel like she's trying to turn this into a bigger thing than it is. And Garcelle I think is just really good at sort of not taking the bait that she's like, you know, Dorit, I've said stuff to your face in the past. I'm happy to continue saying stuff to your face, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like turn this into some bigger fight than it is. Like, I think Garcelle doesn't love Dorit. Like, I don't think she's really her kind of person. And I think she is annoyed by Dorit, but like, Garcelle doesn't want to spend her whole night having a feud with Dorit. Like, I don't think she really, I don't think it's worth the time for her. And I think she's perfectly happy to say that. Absolutely. And I I think they both were going back and forth. Like uh, Dorit was like, I just feel like she's 
still making comments. And then Garcelle was like, I don't like it's not affecting me. Like they both have have different like outlooks on the situation. But Garcelle said like my favorite line of all time and to her face. And she said, am I not allowed to have my own opinion because I say something and you don't agree with it? That does. And I literally stand by this. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means you didn't you didn't want to hear it. But that doesn't mean I'm not allowed to say it. This whole idea of Garcelle feeling like she's an outsider with the group, I think yeah. the the other women, especially Kyle and Dorit, have so- and maybe Rina a little bit too, have sort of taken this personally that they're like that they take it as some sort of accusation that they've been exclusionary or been mean to Garcelle, and Garcelle's like honestly, it's not that deep. It's my feeling, like that's how I feel, She's and I allowed think, to have. Yeah, this is something that happens in real life and all the time on Bravo shows. That it's like she's not accusing you of anything. She's saying that whatever has happened, this is the feeling that she's been left with. Whereas the other women, I think, are making it about them more, and they're like, "I feel like I've been a good friend to her," and it's like, "Okay, maybe you have, maybe you haven't." And that's how like, you feel. <laughs> Right. And I think there could be a bigger conversation of like, Garcelle, let's work together to figure out how we can make you feel more accepted by the group. But for them to just get defensive and be like, oh, well, I don't feel that way about you. It's like, okay, great. You're you're not on the same page, clearly. Right. And I, I also think in this scene, seeing like Rina and Erica sitting off at the table by themselves, like kind of judging the situation from afar it's very telling about how Rena feels about her relationship with Garcelle at this point because like she is not interested in getting involved at all and it's like okay like guess you're not really friends I don't know like maybe like yeah stick up for her a little bit I, I don't know yeah, like Rena was like, should we go over there? And Erica, Erica wasn't even blinking an eye. She's like, oh, I'm not doing that. And Rena was like, okay, I'm gonna like Rena felt safer over there, knowing she wasn't gonna get involved and whatever. And I agree, like you can pick and choose your battles, but like you hear what's going on over there, and you are in the middle of figuring out if you're good friends with Garcelle or not. So just like right. And I guess she chooses. I guess she feels it's better for Rena to not say anything than get herself in one of her sticky situations again. Right. Yeah. It's just a little. Um. It's interesting to see how Rena sort of evaluates whether or not there's an injustice being done, as she says, and decides whether to get involved. Because I feel like, um, you know, we we've seen her for several years on this show, and I think, um, I think she is very selective about when she chooses to kind of like Mm. have this moral compass. Um, And I think it is definitely a look that she has chosen this season that Erica is the one who is in need of, you know, sort of moral defense. Whereas like Garcelle clearly is just should fend for herself and doesn't need any help. And it's like, okay, like, if you want to stick up for Erica, that's fine. But, like, the Garcelle situation is totally separate. Like, you could you could also get involved with that. And um, I'm really I'm really curious to see how things go with Garcelle and Lisa at the reunion. Because I feel like they are... Obviously, like, other conflicts have taken up more space this season. Like, the, all the Erica stuff. Um, you know, the stuff with Dorit. But, like, 
I feel like Garcelle and Brenda, there's just like a lot of, a lot of baggage there. And I'm curious to see if that's unpacked. I agree. And there's also so much more to come like in this season. Like we even see next week, next week's episode looks really good. Like there's even yeah. more arguments and fights. And I was like, oh my God, I can't. But um, God, these ladies just bring it. Don't they? These gals. These, these gals, gals just bring it. Um, MPK guy, and Mauricio. MPK and Mauricio. Yeah. I wish Mauricio to bring me some of his weed eventually because mm. I want what he's having. Um fun announcement because so many of you loved our bravo legal team hat we have also made it into a mug for people who don't like hats and honestly it's really cute for your desk at work at home I know, your office I know. i'm like it's I super cute i feel like i need like the the like full legal team get up because we I have, have- an entire bravo legal team <laughs> we have um, built that <laughs> oh my god yeah no i love i have my hat i um i love it and i always love our mugs so um go to betches.co slash bravo merch to check that out and our full bravo collection we have lots yeah. of fun stuff um you can be repping meredith marks with our disengaged wine glass <laughs> you can uh, Keep your eyes peeled for some new stuff that we're coming out ooh, with. Oh, did you like that tease? Uh-huh. Maybe some, maybe some Kathy Hilton inspo. Maybe. 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 Who, who could say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will be back on Monday with another episode. In the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, follow the show wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches and just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.